Hi, I'm Dr. Ted Spear, pastor of the Fundamental Baptist Church International in Boshane, Kumasi. Today's message is entitled, The Requirements of Approval. I'm going to teach you in today's message about what is required to be approved into the greatest group of people that you could ever belong to. Stay tuned. Good morning. Welcome back to the Fundamental Hour. I want to begin our program today by asking you some thought-provoking questions. My question this morning is this. Have you ever desired to live in a certain place? Has there ever been a certain place where you said, one day I'd like to live there? Has there ever been a status, a something you wanted to achieve, something you wanted to uh, accomplish in life? Maybe you wanted to be a, uh, a dentist or a lawyer or a doctor or a policeman or um, you wanted to accomplish graduating from a certain school or uh, is there some type of status you wanted to achieve? Is there a group you've wanted to belong to in life? Like you said, man, if I could belong to a group, I want to belong to that group. Maybe it was a football team you wanted to play on. Maybe you wanted to be one of the black stars of Ghana. So maybe there was a specific school you wanted to attend, but you didn't have the money to pay the fees to be in that school. Perhaps there was a group you wanted to belong to, but in order to get into that group, you had to know somebody of influence that could put in the good word for you and you didn't know that person, so you didn't get to belong to that group. We all know what it's like to be left out of a situation that we wanted to be a part of. And what I want to say to you today, in this message today, is that there is a place that all of us should desire to be. There is a group that all of us should want to join. And it is a group, and it is a, a place, and there is a status that all of us can enjoy and can be a part of. We're going to see this in Psalm 15. Psalm 15 has five verses, and I'm going to teach you those verses today and teach you this truth. But the Bible says in Psalm 15, verse 1, it says, Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Who shall dwell in thy holy hill? He's talking about the place God abides, the place where God is, his tabernacle, his home, if you will, the place that he dwells. And the question from the psalmist is, hey, Lord, who gets to be with you? Who gets to belong to this special group that abides with and dwells in God's holy hill. I think of that verse in Psalm, the book of Psalm in 90, I believe it's Psalm 91. The Bible says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. When we dwell with God, we reap the benefit of being under His protection, 
under His shadow. That's what's the amazing thing, the wonderful thing of being a part of God's holy hill, dwelling with Him, is that we get all that comes with it. And oftentimes in life, we want to belong to a special group or go to a special place because benefits come with it. And I say to you, as much as we've ever wanted to belong to a school or to achieve a status or to live in a certain place, we should much more desire to be a part of God's tabernacle, to live in His holy hill, to dwell with Him. He is the Almighty. He can protect. He can bless. And this psalm tells us how to be close to God. I submit to you today that the place all of us should desire is to be with God, to be special to Him, to be close to Him. I want to give you four requirements on today's program to make that happen. Four things you need to do to be a part of this special group with God. We find the first one in verse number two. It says, He that walketh uprightly and worketh righteousness and speaketh the truth in his heart. Requirement number one to dwell with God is that you must love righteousness. It says, walketh uprightly. That means you are a godly example. You live your life in such a way, in such a manner, that doing right is your goal. That being uh, the right example is what your life is all about. You walk uprightly. It says that you worketh righteousness. That means you produce righteousness. That means that you actively seek to do good to others. This is the attitude, or this must be the attitude of anyone who wants to dwell with God and reap the benefits of being close to Him. We walk uprightly, we have a good example, we work righteousness, we actively seek to do good to others. And speaketh the truth in his heart, the Bible says. So we love righteousness, which involves a good example, which involves doing good to others, and which involves speaking the truth. If we want to dwell with God, if we want to be a part of His special group that are close to Him, then we have to love righteousness that is manifested in the example we live, the righteous things we do for others, and in the fact that we love the truth and speak truth. In verse number 3, it says, He that backbiteth not with his tongue, nor doeth evil to his neighbor, nor taketh up a reproach against his neighbor. This is the opposite of working righteousness. God says, if you want to be close to me, you got to walk uprightly, you got to work righteousness, you got to speak the truth. And what you can't do is backbite, to talk against, to gossip, to be a talebearer against your neighbor. What you can't do is evil towards your neighbor. To take up a 
reproach against your neighbor. Those who are actively seeking to do wrong and to do evil to others are the opposite of those who are walking right uprightly and working righteousness and speaking the truth. And notice here that God teaches us the truth here that righteousness is manifested or sin and evil is manifested based upon what comes out of our mouth. If we work righteousness, we speak truth. If we are seeking evil, we tend to lie and deceive and backbite with our tongues. So the first point, if you want to dwell with God, be a part of His special group, you got to love righteousness. Number two, we find in verse number four. It says, In whose eyes a vile person is contemned, but he honoreth them that fear the Lord. He that sweareth to his own hurt and changeth not. Requirement number two to be close with God is you must separate yourself. The word contemned here, it means to disesteem someone. You say, what does that mean to disesteem? Well, to esteem someone is to lift up their value. It is to make much of them. It's to exalt or to magnify. To disesteem is to lower someone's value. To consider someone not to be of great value. It is the opposite of honoring someone. So the Bible says that if you're going to be close to God, that you have to disesteem, you have to devalue. So what this is teaching is we have to disesteem the vile person, devalue the vile person, and honor the person that fears God. Now let me be clear here as to what this is teaching. This is not teaching that we hate the vile person. This is not teaching that the vile person does not have any value. The vile person could be saved and be changed and serve God with their life. The idea, a vile person is someone who's wicked. He's the opposite of someone who fears God. He doesn't respect God nor the things of God. A drunkard, a prostitute, anybody who's living their life for wickedness. God says that is a vile person, and we're not to lift that person up in our eyes. We're to lift up the one who honors God. And so, again, we're not judging someone, but we're not condemning them. We're contemning them, and there's a difference. I don't look at the vile person and say, oh, this person is, is not worthy of my love or this person's not worthy of me speaking to them what I do is I see the vile person who loves wickedness and I say hello to them I may give them the gospel but I don't spend close time with them I separate myself from them because I don't want them to influence me for wickedness instead I honor those who fear God and I draw close to those who fear God. Do you want to be a part of this special group of people 
that dwell in God's holy hill, meaning they are close to God. Well, if you want to be one of those, you've got to love righteousness, and you've got to separate yourself from those who do not love righteousness. You cannot be the friend of the world and at the same time be close to God. You have to separate yourself. We must love all men, but lift up only those who fear the Lord. So we said number one, we're talking about the requirements of approval, being approved to be a part of this group that's close to God. Number one, we've got to love righteousness. Number two, we have to separate ourselves from the wicked. And then, number three, we must be faithful. A faithful man is one who is willing to suffer because of righteousness if need be. He is someone who's willing to swear to his own hurt. So we go back to verse number four, and it says, he that sweareth to his own hurt. What does that mean? Well, to swear is to take a vow. It is to make an oath. And in this case, we are making an oath or taking a vow to God. And we're saying, God, I will serve you. I will follow you even if it brings hurt to me. If I am persecuted for my stance and my, my life that I live for Christ, if that brings the condemnation of the world upon me, then I will gladly take that suffering, take that hurt to myself, because I must be faithful to God. The faithful man is one who's willing to swear to his own hurt. Do whatever it is that God would have him to do, whether it benefits him in this present or not. He's willing to swear to his own hurt. That means he will do right whether he's rewarded or persecuted. And why is he willing to do that? Because he knows that ultimately, in the end, God is going to reward him. Ultimately, that God's reward will be greater than the suffering he has to endure to serve God now. And he's faithful to God, believing that God is good. Faithful men don't change to the worse. They change to the better. Notice what it says here in this verse. It says, He sweareth to his own hurt and changeth not. So, if you want to be in this group, that's close to God. If you want to get approval to be in the presence of God, to dwell with God and to reap of His many blessings, then you have to be willing to change not. You have to say, look, no matter what comes my way, no matter what threat I come under, whether hurt comes to me, I'm not changing. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to love people. I'm going to preach the gospel. I'm not going to do the wicked things of this world. I will not change. You must be faithful. Men fail to be faithful when they change because they fear the world. They fear the wicked. 
They fear missing out on the things of the world. Let that not be us. May we be faithful to God. Men only remain truly faithful to God when they fear God. We need to be more fearful of what God can do to us than fearful of what man can do to us. We need to be more fearful of missing out on God's rewards than fearful of missing out on what man can do for us. If we want to be in this special group with God and dwell with Him, we got to do it by faith, believing in His goodness, believing that He will reward, believing that what the world has for us is not for our good, and being faithful to God in that faith, in that belief. Verse number 5, we find the fourth requirement to be accepted or approved, to be in this special group, to dwell with God, to be close with Him. It says, He that putteth not out his money to usury, nor taketh reward against the innocent. He that doeth these things shall never be moved. The fourth requirement is you must not take advantage of the poor. To put your money out to usury is to, to loan money to the poor and then to receive interest from them. God says don't do that. Don't do that to a brother. Don't do that to the poor. And don't take a reward against the innocent. These people, they need your help. They don't need you to take advantage of them. How we treat the less fortunate, how we treat those that are poor among us, how we treat the children, has everything to do with whether we will be accepted in God's holy hill. It has everything to do with whether God will allow us to be close to Him. Don't take advantage of the poor. Treat the poor like you would treat the Lord Himself. Because it reveals much about yourself. It is the wicked man that would take advantage of the innocent. It is the wicked man that would take advantage of a child. It is the vile person that would take advantage of the poor. And those who dwell with God do not do those things. Those who dwell with God will love the poor, will look out for the innocent will help the fatherless, will help the children. I beg of you, you've gone through life. Many times you've said, man, I want to live here. You've said, I want to go to that school. You said, I'd like to achieve this status. Maybe you said, I'd like to go to America or go to UK or go to Germany. There have been many things that we've wanted to be a part of. I beg of you today, decide that you want to be a part of God's special group, that you want to dwell in His holy tabernacle. And to do that, you have to, number one, love righteousness. Number two, separate yourself from the vile, wicked people of this world. 
Number three, you've got to be faithful even if it brings hurt to you. And change not. And number four, don't take advantage of the less fortunate. Don't take advantage of those who can't help you. They don't have the wealth and the power to help you be their helper. Then let me say this. Obviously, if you want to be a part of this special group, you have to be born again. If you're not God's son, if you're not God's child, you can't meet any of these requirements. If you've never had a time in your life where you realized you needed salvation and God saved you and you were born in His family, then you could never entertain the idea. You could never achieve. You could never be approved. You could never be accepted amongst God's beloved. I was 20 years old. The man asked me, he said, if you died today, will you go to heaven? I said, yes, I think I would. He asked my two friends the same question. My two friends said, we don't know. He said, can we show you from the Bible what God says? They said, yes. We all sat down on a couch, two couches. He took out a piece of paper and he explained to us what the Bible says about how to go to heaven. I listened and I realized that what I had told that man, the reason I told him I would go to heaven was wrong. I thought that I was a good person. I thought I deserved heaven. I thought that God would take me to heaven because I was worthy, but I was wrong. That's not what the Bible teaches. And that night, I listened to what he said. I understood it. And I put my faith in Jesus Christ. I put my faith in what the Bible says about how to go to heaven. And from that point on, I have been a child of God. And I can never lose that. But there's more than that. That's being in his special group. And if you love righteousness and you're willing to separate yourself from the vile and the wicked and you're willing to be faithful and you're willing to treat others the less fortunate the way God would treat them, you can be in that special group. But you got to be born again first. If you're not sure that if you died today you'd go to heaven, please give us your time. Let us talk to you. Call us. Contact us. Send us a message on one of our on our WhatsApp or Facebook or Instagram, Twitter. We'd be glad to help you. Go to our YouTube channel. Watch our videos from this program on how to be saved, how to go to heaven. But do not allow yourself to watch this program and not know for sure that you're going to go to heaven when you die. Please contact us. Thank you for watching the Fundamental Hour. God bless.